This is ScreenBeam's Collaborative Tech Talks, discussing collaboration and better communication in the places where we learn the most. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Collaborative Tech Talk, brought to you by ScreenBeam. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show as we explore more trends, technologies, and source thought leadership from professionals in the larger AV and technology industries. As we get into today's conversation and connect some important dots around uh, trends and motivators that are shaping how and where we work and where technology is supporting those changes, I want to make sure that you're getting all the screen beam content you desire, which means I want to make sure you're all caught up with previous conversations that you're tapped into how screen beam fits into the industry and make sure you don't miss out on future thought leadership as well. So make sure that you're heading to our website, screenbeam.com. Again, screenbeam.com. And make sure that you're subscribing to Collaborative Tech Talk on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations plus notifications when we drop new ones. So on today's episode of the show, we're going to be posing a big question to our audience. It's a question that's looming over most modern workspaces today and one that AV integrators are acutely aware of and preparing to answer. And that would be the classic to retrofit or not to retrofit. As the returning to the office trend increases and really settles in for companies and businesses around the globe, it's required a hard look by AV and IT managers, integrators, architects, and even technology manufacturers on assessing how meeting spaces are being put together and bringing a critical eye to some trends that maybe we're winning out and assessing, do these still work the same or do we need to adjust our strategies, right? There's been an analyzing of what AV is already installed, what is missing, and ultimately, how does it need to work for both in-person as well as for remote employees. This prospect can be overwhelming for many companies, no matter their size, and at first glance may cause people to think they'll need to completely overhaul their meeting spaces to get it to fit today's workplace and collaboration and hybrid work model needs. But what we're hoping to explain today is that doesn't always mean you have to start from scratch. Sometimes you will have to implement new tech. Other times, it's about refocusing your strategies and the resources you already have in place. So let's go ahead and jump in and break down this big question of to retrofit or not to retrofit for today's work environment. We're joined today by Mr. Rob Newell. He's chief technology officer for Danker, which is an interior integrations company connecting people, places, and technology to create more collaborative workspaces. Rob, I'm excited to source your perspective today on this big question. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks. It's a pleasure to speak with you today, Daniel. Yeah, and thank you again for taking some time to break this down for us. You know, th this is an important question, and I'll pick your brain on how you're seeing that question, you know, really be posed in practice and how it's influencing some strategies in the industry today. First up, let's just get the basics out of the way. I want to make sure our audience understands the perspective you're bringing as well as how uh, Danker fits into the larger ecosystem. So can you tell us a bit, you know, elevator pitch on who Danker is as a company, what your role is within the company, uh, and how you see Danker and your work kind of intersecting with the topic of the day? Danker is an interior integrator 
And we help our clients maximize the value and impact of their spaces through the seamless integration of architectural, furniture, technology, and logistics solutions. Danker was founded in 1829 and is one of the country's oldest privately held companies. In my current role as chief technology officer, I lead our internal information technology strategy, as well as the operations of our workplace technology division. Our workplace technology team works closely alongside our other divisions to thoughtfully integrate technology and collaboration tools with furniture and modular construction elements to drive better business results for our clients. Perfect. All right. Thanks for that context there, Rob. So, you know, let's dig in a little deeper into the actual topic at hand today. Again, it's very present, not only for end users and how they're reevaluating their spaces, but also for the technology manufacturers and product developers to decide how to build out products and strategies that maximize available resources and make sure that as we adapt to these new workflows and work models, it doesn't always mean having to start from scratch with your tech investments. So if you had to summarize that down into what you're hearing from folks you work with day in and day out, what have been some of those most common questions that your clients ask you and your team when working together to improve their meeting spaces, right? What are they vocalizing to you? What questions do they have and why? I would say ease of use is almost always at the top of the list. Features such as one-touch meeting join using the in-room tech to quickly connect to their internal UCC platform, as well as designing a consistent experience across their spaces to reduce their need to provide training and support. They also want their meeting spaces to be flexible. For example, they often ask us, will the system also support bring your own meeting for when they need to connect to other platforms used by customers and business partners? Another question that we often get is, can everything be wireless for both convenience as well as aesthetics? The ScreenBeam 1100 Plus wireless receiver continues to be one of our most popular solutions since it is also completely platform agnostic and doesn't require the user to have an app installed on their device. Now, how does that turn into some challenges then for a company like Danker to approach this new desire for a hybridized workflow, right? Are there any major challenges in meeting that demand or meeting those expectations for a hybridized workplace? And if so, what are they and why? It's a good question. I believe the biggest challenge that all companies continue to face in this expanded hybrid environment is dealing with the issue of presence equity which is how do we ensure that the folks working remotely feel fully engaged with their peers who may be all sitting together in the same room on the other end? For example, many companies use physical whiteboards, which can be a great tool for collaboration and brainstorming if everyone happens to be in the same room, but not so much for the person on the remote side who cannot see the actual whiteboard and may feel left out of the discussion. So, in addition to making sure that the physical environment, furniture, lighting, acoustics, et cetera, all support a comfortable and engaging experience to folks on both sides of the camera, there were also some new technologies to aid with that as well. For example, Zoom's recently announced Smart Gallery features AI to create a gallery view of in-room participants. 
So rather than the person on the remote side looking at a room full of people sitting at a table without the benefit of seeing everyone's facial expressions or body language, each attendee will now appear equally on the screen in their own window, just as if everyone was connecting to the meeting from their own individual device. We're also very enthusiastic about Danker's new partnership with ScreenBeam and Jabra. ScreenBeam and Jabra have come together to offer a turnkey wireless solution that provides user choice and flexibility. The newly announced bundle combines the ScreenBeam 1100 Plus, which is a contactless bring your own meeting room solution with Jabra's Panacast 50 video conferencing bar. This enables users to wirelessly share content to the room's display and wirelessly connect to the Jabra Panacast 50 with its panoramic 180 degree view and AI features using their conferencing tool of choice, whether it be Zoom, Teams, WebEx, or whatever is installed on their device. And referring back to presence equity, Jabra's innovative three camera system allows one camera to be focused on a physical whiteboard within the room so that it can then be shared live during the meeting to the remote participants so that everybody is, is truly engaged. I want to intersect another layer here. Uh, you know, in this question of do we retrofit our spaces or do we just work with what we've got but sort of refocus our resources, uh, there is the question of, you know, challenging and analyzing trends that were already present in the work environment and making a decision on does this trend still make sense in the kind of work environment we're in today? And one of the biggest trends we saw over the last several years was the implementation of huddle spaces. So these small work environments, you know, usually for just a handful of people, small, contained, but also, you know, liberating space for collaboration and for, you know, knocking your heads together to crush a task as colleagues. So I'm curious with the new health and safety layers, you know, people may be a little more weary about being in a tight, compact room with a handful of people. And also with questions around hybridized environments, remote work, new technologies. Do you think huddle spaces are going to disappear in this post-COVID world? Or do you think they still play a role in the office? What's your thought there? And if you think they do play a role, what kind of role? So from what we've seen, huddle spaces are still very much relevant in today's work environment. In fact, we really have not seen any noticeable decrease in the ratio of huddle spaces versus pre-pandemic. There is still very much a desire for folks to get together face-to-face -to, -face to collaborate while in the office. In an open office plan, these huddle spaces can also provide a level of privacy when needed as well. The majority of huddle spaces are also now being video enabled by default. I would add that what we have seen is a bit of a decrease in the more traditional, larger conference and boardrooms in lieu of smaller and more flexible spaces. This could be, you know, in part because there's not as many employees in the office. So therefore, there's less larger meetings. Um, sometimes folks are a little less comfortable being in a room with you know, large numbers of people. And many of these smaller spaces are also being designed as dual purpose to serve as both a private office when needed and a shared space the rest of the time. Well, part of what has been empowering huddle rooms too, like I mentioned, is the technology, but more importantly, sort of the integration of the technology into the space, which has led to 
innovative uh, technology-based architecture or you know architecture enhanced through technology that includes furnishings, tables with touchscreen panels and uh, you know small markers that you can use to sort of digitally collaborate. It includes integrated webcams and microphones for meeting spaces, et cetera, et cetera. And I think there will continue to be, especially with the hybridized workflows that were validated over the pandemic, a growing sense of collaboration and how office furniture works with these latest technologies and how form will follow function. I'm curious what tips you'd suggest to companies then when they're working to redesign their meeting spaces to select the right pieces and to be intentional about if they are going to retrofit and they are going to bring in this new tech empowered furniture what is actually right for them, right? How do you uh, recommend that they begin that conversation with themselves? As interior integrators, we believe that space should be looked at holistically. There are various components that all must come together to create the desired experience. This includes the furniture, technology, acoustics, lighting, and content sharing. People should always be the first consideration. So it's important to design the space with the well-being and comfort of the individual in mind? Have you ensured that there is enough ergonomic support? When selecting the furniture, it's important to involve whoever is providing the technology up front to ensure that consideration is given to our connectivity. And if so, you, you don't want to find that out after you've installed your brand new expensive conference table and, and have people cutting holes on it uh, in it on site. How will wire management be addressed? Also, the experience of the remote participants has to be paramount. Things like proper camera height, eliminating visual distractions in the background. All, all of these things come into play. Danker's been you know, doing a lot of analysis on this challenge and this question. This isn't the first time that y'all have begun to assess some of this and build strategies. You've already actually published some content on it, and so I want to highlight and intersect a blog of yours so on your site in a recent vlog, uh, Danker discussed how employee expectations have changed due to the pandemic, just in ways that probably won't slide back and should be treated as a you know new normal, something we've all heard plenty of times now. But can you share your thoughts and suggestions on how companies need to create their compelling collaborative spaces to not only attract employees back to the office, but also make sure that, you know, once they feel comfortable being back in the office, that they engage in their work and with the organization itself in a more holistic way and authentic way as well. So in this hybrid environment, the office is really now competing with all of the other choices that folks have when choosing where to perform work. In light of that, we're now viewing the office as more of a destination, if you will. We're seeing more of a shift towards ancillary spaces, which provide more of a residential feel and comfort level, which is also something that employees have grown accustomed to while working from home. An easy thing clients are looking at are pantries and cafes and upgrading those spaces, which allow employees to come together and socialize and can also be used for work as well. Outside spaces are also extremely popular post-COVID. It's critical when designing these spaces, though, to ensure that you've accounted for necessities like power and Wi-Fi so that these spaces are truly functional as well. Otherwise, you, you just have some comfy couches and 
and some outside furniture where folks may take breaks, but you know, they may not necessarily be able to work there. Higher quality technology and connectivity in the office can also be viewed as an advantage over what someone is likely to have available to them at home or the local Starbucks. Uh, you really want to fill the void, put people first, and give them more choice and control about where they work while in the office. All right, Rob. Well, then let's go ahead and take some of those high-level trends and analyses and turn them into more straightforward and actionable bullet list of things to keep in mind, right? So if you can here intersect some of the things we just touched on, the major trends, the ways, you know, huddle rooms will or won't play a role here, but what would you say are the key elements for you in making the ideal work environment for today's work needs, right? What are those key metrics for tech, for, you know, who to bring to the table, literally and figuratively, to map out a right strategy? Uh, yeah, go ahead and break that down for us. So I think when, when we talk about the ideal work environment, the first question that needs to be asked is, you know, how will the space be used and what does that workflow look like? A hybrid office concept should support both me as well as we work. An office environment should incorporate open spaces that encourage collaboration and team learning, as well as private spaces where one can go to take a phone call or perform some heads down work. Key is to provide options and balance for the various types of work that different employees engage in throughout the day. In an open office environment, sound masking is an extremely important and often overlooked solution to limit distractions. Also, as many companies move towards less assigned seating, putting in a desk reservation system that allows employees to easily select a place to work for the day can make that transition less confusing and stressful. I think you know, as far as the trends, you know, regardless of whether you're standardized on Zoom or Teams, I think it's important for you to consider both the internal users and, you know, making it easy for them to just go and, and you know, start a meeting on the platform of choice, as well as have the flexibility to bring your own meeting and connect to other platforms. So I think we're seeing more of a push towards you know, the, the types of devices that have Zoom or Teams integrated, but also support plugging your laptop in and, and using the room's audio and video to do, you know, an alternative meeting. And wireless seems to come up again and again, and that presents its own challenges, obviously, that have to be taken into account. The last thing I would say is, you know, whether you work with an interior integrator like Danker or you work with separate furniture and technology vendors, you know, it's it's important for everybody to be in the planning stage up front so that all of these things can be considered together. And that's really the only way that you're going to get the experience that you're looking for. Everything operating in a vacuum just doesn't work. And that's where we find, you know, most of the pain points lie. And probably the number one reason that our clients like working with us is that, you know, we're responsible for everything within the space. So it's our job to make sure that the furniture properly supports the technology, vice versa, and that the experience is what they expect. And then as a follow-up to that, Rob, how should that inform then the main question, right, of to retrofit or not to retrofit? How should end users really begin to answer that question with those key elements for an ideal work environment in mind? 
and with you know their own specific company specific needs right what are your thoughts there i would say you know again that each each company is going to have to look at their own needs and situation for example we know that most companies are going to continue to operate in a hybrid uh, model. So you're going to have remote employees and you're going to have some employees in the office. Maybe those employees will be in the office three days a week, work from home too, wh whatever that happens to be. And there are some companies that will be primarily in the office and there'll be some, some companies that will be almost all remote. So I think the first thing you have to do is, is, is kind of look at what you're doing and, and how you're going to operate moving forward. And I would say that in most cases, you, you know, you look at your spaces and you want them to be conducive to the work that you're going to do. So if, if you're in a hybrid environment, look at each space. Does this space, you know, really support not only in-person work, but just as importantly, remote work as well. So that, again, when you're having these meetings with your employees and they're not in the office, they're still productive. They still feel engaged. You know, one of the things about a hybrid work environment is, you know, one of the concerns, I should say, is the culture. How do you keep your culture? And, and you know, there's a lot of challenges around that. But one thing that I would say is helpful with that from a technology standpoint is if you can equip the office so that the person working remotely can really get the benefit and feel like they're part of the team, even though they are not sitting physically in that same room, that goes a long way with with helping employees stay connected and keeping them productive. And then, Rob, final question for you. What role does ScreenBeam play in answering this big question for end users? In your case, you know, what role is ScreenBeam taking in answering that question for clients or at the very least guiding them to answer it for them themselves? And what role do you see ScreenBeam playing moving forward as well? in a hybridized work environment and one so focused on collaboration, innovative tech. So going back to the uh, partnership with ScreenBeam and Jabra, I think they've addressed a tremendous need, which is, you know, they took their existing 1100 plus, which in my opinion was already best in class for wireless presentation devices. And they added the ability to make it a bring your own meeting device. You can have Zoom preloaded on the device. I believe they're working on Teams as well. And you can also switch it over to BYOM and it allows customers to take advantage of whatever platform they want. And it's an affordable solution. You know, when paired with the Jabra video bar, you, you're really getting the features and functionality of a much higher priced solution and the other thing I will tell you is right now, as you know, with supply chain issues and such, you know, it's very difficult to even estimate how long it's going to take to get a client the equipment that they need right now. And both ScreenBeam and Jabra have been really good in terms of their inventory levels and availability. And I, I think that ScreenBeam is going to become more of a player because I, I really believe that wireless and bring your own meeting, those trends are not. Uh, going away anytime soon. All right, Rob, I think with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Thank you for your time today and helping us better understand why this big question of to retrofit or not to retrofit is even being posed in today's work environment, how the pandemic's acceleration and motivators of different work models and work styles and technologies as well are all 
intersecting and dominoing into where we're at today and providing some actionable tips for our audience. So Rob, thanks again. As a reminder for our audience, we've been chatting with Rob Newell, Chief Technology Officer for Danker, an interior integrations company that connects people, places, and tech to create more collaborative workspaces. Rob, thank you again for your time. Uh, and how can folks learn a little bit more about Danker if they want to tap into your thought leadership or maybe uh, just learn more about the company's role in this movement? Thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure speaking with you today. They can go to danker.com, D-A-N-C-K-E-R.com. Uh, they can also check us out on LinkedIn or any of the other social media platforms. Fantastic. Rob, thanks again for your time. Always a pleasure getting to chat, and I'm looking forward to having you back on soon. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to our conversation with Rob Newell today and for listening to another episode of Collaborative Tech Talk, a Screen Beam podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want some previous episodes or you want to make sure you don't miss out on future conversations, or maybe you just want to learn more about the company and our role in this larger push towards hybridizing and elevating today's workspace. If you want to do all that and more, head to our website, screenbeam.com. Again, screenbeam.com. And make sure you're subscribing to Collaborative Tech Talk on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next Collaborative Tech Talk.